so in front of me on my windowsill, there are three products that I've been sent in the past week by a client who's asked me in the past to review. Is it more sleeping pills? It, right. Okay. So there is, yeah. So in the past, they've asked me to review sleeping pills, which of course I never used. A cushion for your back, which actually was really comfortable. And they were just like, I'll just keep it. So I use that. This week, you got a new cushion. This That's week, good. they uh, they sent me vitamin C skin serum. Oh, and Little Bloom's nursing pads. Now, ah. just in case you are unaware what those are, they are circular pads. You got like nipple pads. Yeah, yes, they are. They are nipple pads for breastfeeding mothers. Why are you testing them? But I don't know. Who's sucking your nipples? <laughs> right. Who's who's chomping down on your nips? <laughs> uh, no one's done that for a long time, James. Um, so <laughs> the the thing is. They sent this to me and I, I replied and said, look, I know you've sent me this serum thing first. It's meant to make your skin look younger. Um, I've not noticed any difference yet. I did a review for that one. I said, okay, all good, all fine, all good. I said, did you mean to send me the nursing pads? Because obviously I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not lactating at the moment. I don't, <laughs> I'm not a woman. I don't breastfeed. And they were like, yeah, we know. We just wanted you to like review them anyway. So like, so, like how they how they look, like how they look. Are they comfortable how they to feel hold in the hand? You know, give them a wee, give them a wee press. Like if I if I put them in water, do they keep their shape? Do they dissolve? Yeah, exactly. It just was the most bizarre thing ever. And so eventually, because <laughs> I'm thinking, if anyone's watching this review, they'll be wondering why on earth is a man reviewing nursing pads and so it's essentially i had to make up a story of how my best friend who's a first time mother <laughs> and uh, was too nervous to go on camera and so i'm reviewing it for her wow <laughs> oh this is a man. story of lies on the internet it's basically is, my life lies on the internet gonna come back and destroy you one day <laughs> among many things james one of them know, this is like one of the smaller ones yeah one of them will be that time that Colin Stone did a review of nursing pads despite having made the entire thing up and just put one in the sink to see what happened to it. You did fill the sink with water. I did. No, it wasn't just a dry sink. So you no. should have done two separate reviews. Like, what happens to one of it's just in a sink? And then what happens to one of it's in a sink full of water? I was also, like, considering just putting in, like, a, a mug of milk just to see what happened. But then I thought yeah, that's a waste Yeah, yeah, you of gotta check if it... Like, maybe it doesn't dissolve in water, but maybe it will dissolve in milk. And then you gotta get, like, human breast milk. You can't just well, set exactly. up a milk. You gotta get a, a, an actual test here. I kind of like the soya stuff or the oat stuff. Even the cow stuff is not actually accurate. But then also I was considering, okay, it's a waste of milk. And B, at what point will these pads ever be saturated in cow's milk? Never. Well, you know, I you never know. I I for one have no recollection of breastfeeding, so I cannot tell you <laughs> just how messy it gets. So we'll have to ask the mothers amongst the listenership. So somewhere on the internet in the near future, there will be a review of <laughs> these breastfeeding nursing pads by yours truly, and I can't say I am very proud of it. I'm not, but I got paid for it, and that's the main thing. That's the main thing, James. The world revolves around money and breastfeeding. Those are the two things that keep the world spinning. The, the world revolves around having enough money to live. And that is, you know, if it's, for example, I got paid the same amount as I would have done for a four and a half hour shift at Clyde to read news or to go knock on doors or to Vox Pop, all that horrible stuff. Yeah. I did a review. I knocked out that review in about 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. I would take a hundred breastfeeding reviews over... 10 shifts at Clyde. Put it on your resume. <laughs> Professional breastfeeding reviewer. Oh. Breastfeeding and all breastfeeding accoutrement reviewer. Episode 168 of Seesaw Parade, Scotland's least dull podcast with the longest running season one of any Scottish entertainment audio podcast yeah. downloadable on SoundCloud and iTunes. Oh yeah. Now that, now that is what I call a slogan. Find us in any of your podcast apps by searching literally our name in the <laughs> podcast app where you're currently listening to the podcast. If you are just directly downloading it to your phone and then manually deleting it afterwards or listening to it on spotify's app upgrade upgrade your life get a podcast app whap us on to 1.2 speed maybe 1.5 speed if you're feeling adventurous and can burn you do that through this boredom yeah i should not know that. in fact no you mentioned before alan mcmillan listened back to us on like one and a half speed so he could have more of his own life back 
That's what What's I do. That? I listen to I listen to all podcasts sped up unless they sound really bad when they're sped up, in which case I probably just don't listen to them. Was it Alan? It may have been someone else. Maybe I'm unfairly criticizing him. But uh, yeah, feel free. I mean, if you're if you're 40 minutes, everybody speed up our podcast. If 40 minutes is just too precious and you want to turn that into 25, then do it. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be quite the upgrade. Okay. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the show. I'm Colin. He's James. I am. And we've actually held off recording this week, despite the fact we were uh, together yesterday seeing a movie. Yeah. Held it off because we realised, we sensed that the ground was about to shake outside Downing Street as Larry the cat was <laughs> lifted from the ground and taken inside. And Theresa May stepped out to announce her resignation. Oh, what? No, I didn't see that one coming. Okay, j- just to give you, a, before I fire questions at you mercilessly, James, uh, let me just give you a bit of background. So, of course, it's been building and building. Theresa May working with with Labour to try and get her Brexit proposal through. The actual bill she's had uh, turned down three times. All this amid a growing resentment for her, a split in the party, and even the 1922 committee trying to come up with a new way of kicking her out. So it's yeah. all come down to this. And finally, Friday morning, she steps out onto the uh, the steps of Downing Street, gives a seven-minute speech, and let's just listen to the final 30 seconds. Okay. Our politics may be under strain, but there is so much that is good about this country. So much to be proud of, so much to be optimistic about. I will shortly leave the job that it has been the honour of my life to hold. The second female Prime Minister, but certainly not the last. I do so with no ill will, but with enormous and enduring gratitude to have had the opportunity to serve the country I love. Who many things? Be proud of. Okay, James. <laughs> That's a, an excellent Theresa May impression. Let me start then with the content of what she was saying here before we talk about the future. Uh, uh-huh. Obviously, she got very upset. Well, very emotion, emotional at the end, very visibly upset. Emotions got raised. Yeah. Um, what did you make of? Uh, let's just let's just go for her performance at this point. She did a good job of the speech. I could get behind any politician that. I, I did all their work as well as she did her speech. <laughs> That's a shame, right? They're just really good at speeches these days, but what, not much else. Yeah, what I liked is that the speech was very good, and I do... It was very and genuine. As much as she has come under fire and under our, our, our ire for quite some time, you know, obviously it must be very difficult having to stand down like that. I get that. Well, ha- yeah, having to stand down like that, and also like knowing that none of it was your fault because you've been asked to, to complete an impossible task. You've been told to go finish a job that literally nobody could possibly finish, and then it's your fault for not getting it done. So yeah, I might, I'd, I'd cry. I'd cry at least several tears, maybe, maybe even a lot of tears. So ever since then, there's been a, a bit of, a, I'd say, a muted response to the resignation announcement. It's coming on June seventh as her, her, the day she stands down, and uh, then a replacement will be sought after that. A lot of people saying she essentially was the Prime Minister at the wrong time. And that she was, yeah, you're right, she was given an unwieldy task in which she herself did not believe in. And that's, yeah, pretty hard to finish, just particularly yeah. when you are the Prime Minister of the country and are expected to deliver the said thing that you're completely against. Yeah, but also she's got a pretty bad record of protecting human rights. Yeah. So, you know, good riddance and whatnot. There's one thing about the speech, if you listen back to the full thing or if you watch the full thing, in which she lists, she took the opportunity to list what she certainly or obviously believes were her, her highlights, her achievements. Yeah. And you're listening through it being like, this is the square root of nothing. You did absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's it. She didn't do much. She didn't get the chance to do much. True. But no one really does much that is advertisable as good for the people these days. All all the politicians kind of just do things that are good for the corporations or good for the for the wealthy. It's hard it's hard for anyone to sell themselves as someone that was good for the people. Where James, I know this is still pretty fresh, but where does she rank in the terms of prime ministers we've had in this country, certainly in our lifetimes? I mean, they're all pretty dire, really. <laughs> It's kind of hard to pick, like, which is the, the shiniest The best of the bad of bunch, yeah. Like, which dirt had the one glistening piece of gold in it? But that piece of the gold needs a microscope to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> in Gordon Brown's case, he sold that piece of gold to bring us back out of a recession. <laughs> 
there's different like positives for everyone. You know, Tony Blair's early political career was yeah, but he, Tony Blair also is the worst. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he took us to war for no reason whatsoever and needs to be in prison. Hence, why I said his early career certainly showed yeah. some signs of promise, and then he took a sharp left-hand turn. He was off to a good start when he was still pretending to be a labor leader. Yeah. And then he did the whole war thing. Yeah, Mr. Brown had no chance yep. he was going to take the fall for Tony Blair and the rest of the world's faults. David Cameron, as much as he essentially split Britain from the EU and could well have laid the precursor for Scotland pre- uh, exiting Britain, yeah. in terms of being prime ministerial... He bombed a lot of places. He, he did. Uh, That's prime ministerial. He, he carried himself very well. Whereas he whistled his way off stage, <laughs> Theresa May didn't whistle while she was leaving. She danced on stage, though. So she danced that's... onto the stage, which is better: a prime minister that whistles as he leaves, or one that dances as they arrive. It's a good question, uh, James. Well, who's next then? Who is next? Boris. <sighs> you're the I, most I, terrifying yep. possibility. Like you're, you're right. You're the right. The problem for me is that we're choosing at this point between people that are even worse than everyone we've already had. We got Boris. You got Jacob Rees-Mogg. You've even got the likes of like Dominic Rab putting his name. Michael out Gove as well. People. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of people that are just terrible. The only people that care about it are themselves. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, it's a scary time. I'm scared personally. I'm with you on that. I mean, Boris Johnson does seem to be the favorite. He's certainly the bookies' favorite to become the next prime minister. Yeah. And that is a scary prospect. It's just because he pretends to be a goofy boy, but really he's like pretty clever and not very good. <laughs> a good description of someone. That's that's like a Twitter bio waiting to happen. <laughs> goofy boy but really really not good on the inside yep absolutely i'll take it. i'll steal that uh let's go on to on a similar note the european elections james did you vote i voted oh so did i um but did anyone out there not vote i'm gonna say somebody That's out there a mistake. didn't always vote even if your vote is just like scribbling on your ballot do that instead of not voting so what the uh the, the results don't come in until sunday because of no, why other, does it take so long with these ones? Because there are other elections happening across Europe, and that's when most of the results come in on Sunday. Ah, uh, we all wait till everyone else is done too. That's yeah, nice. essentially. I had no idea. I just didn't check either, though. I'm lazy. <laughs> the ex. Well, I mean, I was I was intrigued as to why we hadn't seen anything yet, but this is why. That's so the, why you're a better person than me. Better at researching, James. Maybe maybe not everything. Uh, let's go on to. Sorry. Still talking about the European elections. We're not moving on yet. The public have voted and the exit polls have come out, which seem to show that Nigel Farage's Brexit party are going to win more seats than any other party in the UK. Are we surprised? James, well, no, I am. Are we? This party, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing until two months ago. Yeah, but this is the party for all the people that voted Conservative in the last election. Right, okay. Literally everybody that wanted the hard Brexit is going to go vote for this party. They see it as the only party that's going to deliver hard Brexit, even though hard Brexit is impossible. So they get all the vote, whereas everybody else is kind of like splitting up between them, the people that kind of want Brexit a wee bit, and the people that don't want it at all are getting split up amongst other parties. And You know, well, yeah. the Brexit party is going to come out on top and going to have no power and nothing to do while they're sitting in the European. Conversely, you're, you're right. Conservatives are set to come in fifth. <laughs> which is to me sure they've had a job they've done right absolutely it's it's shocking though i didn't you never expect the toys to come fifth in anything um behind the greens even yeah i know this is going to be a properly split up vote there's there's not really any ground for any of these parties to be doing anything in europe right now so yeah so exactly so what's the whole point because you know what are they actually going to do it's just like a statement this is a like this is kind of like a like a, a way to to state what your desire for the brexit is it doesn't actually have any power over Brexit. This is a way for you to say, if I could redo the Brexit thing, I'd do it with these <laughs> right. guys. Okay, well, fair enough. It's more of a statement than, than an actual, let's go. Because the Brexit party don't actually have any policies. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? <laughs> and reassuring to know. <laughs> but uh, no, I saw, I've, see, I've seen a number of uh, big name, um, I was going to say spectators, that's not the word, commentators, there we go. Who have said actually yes I'm going to vote for the Brexit Party because actually they they want they want Brexit and yeah they, they that's it <laughs> they named themselves after it <laughs> it's just dumb also Mr Farage got milkshake yeah which is going to get you some extra votes can we like, talk no about this what actually. happens to you you're going to get more votes so he got in the headlines by getting milkshake so he gets extra votes right so did you see he was milkshaked in Newcastle Newcastle Tommy yeah. Robinson's always has also been 
uh, milkshaked at least twice. He got, he got milkshaked. To the extent that police in Edinburgh, when ahead of Farage's visit, told McDonald's, please don't sell milkshakes. I know, right? And uh, <laughs> I think it might have actually been Burger King who were just like... Burger King tweeted out to say that they're <laughs> selling milkshakes. No, we're going to get your milkshakes here, essentially. Because <laughs> is this is this the, the stage we're at where the police are appealing to fast food places... Please don't sell milkshakes to throw at people from the far right. This is a shame. Like, it's, this is a shame. But Everyone that's just can ridiculous. Make their milkshakes anyway. So why hinder McDonald's business? <laughs> well, I don't know. But I mean, I just... I, know, I love it. People need to give, get milkshaked more often. I, like, the Australian guy got eggs. He did. All of these, all these right-wing folks and fascists getting milkshaked. It's hilarious. It's a bunch of people that don't want what's right for the people. It's a bunch of people that want what's right for their power. It's a milkshake bringing the police to the yard. Milkshake them, bring them down, give give us all a giggle. Okay, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Mount Everest, which is probably a first oh, for, yeah, for Cecil no. Parade. Wait, did uh, we talk about the film? Did we talk about the time they were going to clean it up? Yeah, well, okay, fine. We've mentioned it before. <laughs> Thanks, James. This is the news that three more climbers have died on Mount Everest, taking the death toll to seven in the space of a week. Yeah. And that's more than the total for the whole of 2018. Yep. Now, people are saying that this is down to overcrowding on Mount Everest. And I've just seen, there's a picture online. Uh, if you if you Google Mount Everest, you'll see there's a, there's a picture of essentially a trail of people, a, like a whole snake of people going the entire way up the, the summit of, of Everest. And it, even looking at the picture, you're thinking, you're going to be standing there freezing to death, mm -hmm. waiting for the people ahead of you to get to the top and then like take their pictures or whatever, and then get back down again. So yeah. seven dead, and now there is accusations that too many permits have been sold, and yeah. uh, it's, it's essentially become like a touristy place to go. James, I doubt either of you will, either of us will ever get to Everest. Um, Don't plan to, no. No. But uh, what's your thoughts right. on this? Well, yeah. So if there's enough people on Everest at one time to be forming a queue at the dangerous part, <laughs> someone's making a mistake on how many people are getting let onto the mountain, right? Yeah, yeah. At different points. So you, so you can get passes like you go to different levels, right? So if, if, if they've been handing out this many to people to get to the peak, then it is totally the fault of, the, of people who are organizing this. Like, sure, maybe someone can cause a bit of a slowdown at the top, but your planning should accommodate for that. And it's it's also because there's only a very short window in which you are really able to climb Everest. I'm saying this from my you know expansive knowledge of uh, climbing the world's tallest mountain. Yeah. But there is only a very short window, and to sell 380 plus passes to various climbers, I'm sure, of, of many different abilities, just to all climb in the space of what I believe is maybe two weeks is ridiculous. Yeah. Particularly when you see this picture, you're thinking, how on earth would you even survive up there? Literally not even moving. Maybe a, a thousand feet from the summit and you're you're not even able to well, move. Well, yeah, like getting starved of all your oxygen. You've got a wee tank to get you through if you're lucky. Some people decide to do it without those... I don't know. I, I like. I get that Everest is like a super dangerous place now, but it's like so commercialized, and you so often see stories about like rich fat people getting to the top. But it just doesn't seem yeah. like it's worth it anymore. Would you go to base camp? Maybe. I don't really see the point in going there at all. Like you're just gonna see a mountain. Is it, granted, it's pretty big, <laughs> but like I've seen bigger things. I've seen planet Earth, for example. It's the biggest <laughs> planet that humans live on. Like everything is just about like. It's all about perspective. Experiencing some unique thing, but like a billion people done have done this. Not a billion, but a you know few, what I a mean. few thousand. Like enough people have gone to Everest, even base camp. It's just like, why bother at this point? So where would you go then if you were able to go anywhere? Let's say you were one of these fat rich guys, of which you are neither. Space. Space. Actually, yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. But I think you need before it becomes super commercialized <laughs> and I'm not interested again. I think you need at this point in time, I want to say a quarter of a million. To, I think it's something like that, or like a hundred grand for the cheap ones. It's for the, it's, the yeah, it's for the Virgin space. X flight. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's ins that's insane. I know, like something like that's interesting, or like going super deep into the ocean. That's still super dangerous, but barely anyone does that. Things that hardly anyone has seen. Yeah. Mount Everest, get out of here. <laughs> okay. Right, well, let's leave that for the time being. Uh, coming up later, we're going to talk about the end of Game of Thrones, but don't worry if you've seen or yet to see it, uh, it's going to be at the very end, so don't go anywhere. Uh, or, or rather, yeah, yeah. do go if somewhere. Spoilers. Hang about with us until we discuss. Yeah, essentially, you. if you want to avoid it, then uh, with like disgust. You can, you, 
you casual fans. Um, I know there are some people out there who actually are still watching some of the earlier seasons. Uh, so are, And I've somehow avoided almost every spoiler, which is well done. very impressive. Uh, yeah. So yeah, at the, at the very end, so fear not, there will not be any sort of huge spoiler dropped between now and then. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's talk about a couple of new trailers for TV shows that we've been big fans of recently, starting with Westworld. Yeah, I still didn't watch season two, though. Right, okay, well, I did. I plan to. I've got my got my subscription still up, so I can do so. This trailer kind of came out of the blue. Let's just have a quick listen to it. Sometimes it seems like the world looks all right, like they put a coat of paint on it. But inside, it's rotting to pieces. The lunatic is on the grass. They said they would make a better world. Smooth away the rough edges And daisy chains and laughs But that was a lie Got to keep the lunas on the path I guess the rough edges are the only thing I'm hanging on to Yeah, hi, I'm Jesse Pinkman I blow up ATMs for a living This... I'm really interested in this I liked it a lot yeah. It doesn't give a lot away. It looks like a new show. <laughs> what it does, though, what for me it does, because, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Westworld. I really enjoyed season two, not quite as good as season one, as with most shows, um, but it was still a lot of fun. This seems to have taken a total turn mm-hmm. from being based in the Westworld park to now it's just in the real world. It's in real life, yeah. Which, which it gives the show a whole load of possibilities where it could go, and I'm excited for that. Yeah. Like if you if you're getting things are getting stale, change up what you're doing. That being said, uh-huh. this is and we've we've talked about this before. Another case of seeing somebody on screen and just associating them with their other role because they look exactly the same. Hi, Jesse yeah. Pinkman, aka Aaron Paul, who we associate with the the guy from Need for Speed the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, of of, of course, I, I'm totally not from yeah. his uh, Breaking Bad character. No, like whenever whenever Breaking Bad was on, I was just like, that's the guy that drives fast. <laughs> You know, it's a good example, which we'll get to this, is John Wick 3, in which you're watching that film and you fully are immersed in, that's John Wick. That is the character uh-huh. John Wick, as opposed to, yeah. that's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Whereas There's here... something about the way people carry themselves. Absolutely. Because he doesn't actually do anything different. He just... But he is different. He's just Jesse Pinkman. He just looks a bit older. He does. He just looks a bit older. So <laughs> as much as I like the trailer, I'm just not sold yet on... Him. Maybe it's just trailers, or it's hard to sell a character in a trailer. So maybe if you watch episode one, you'll be absorbed into the character. Okay. And uh, shall we, uh, any opinion before we move on to the other show? I mean, it looks cool. I like that they're changing the show. There's, it's just that's what shows have to do. They've got to evolve, otherwise they get boring. That's that's very true. Well, talking off shows evolving, here's another one which seems to have evolved past all recognition from season one. It's season five of Black Mirror, starring an A-list cast. Let's have a listen to the trailer. Oh, yeah. Family life. It's boring. So here she is again. What is it? Is it me? I don't have many friends. Rachel, you look incredible. You've got 20,000 fans out there. Knock them dead. Okay, James... There is Miley Cyrus in here. There's Anthony. Uh, I bit my tongue there. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie, aka uh, Avengers Boy, Hurt Locker, and <laughs> Avengers Boy. Andrew. Somebody who played Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes, and is also Andrew Scott. Yeah, we got more. more Andrew stars, Scott, more real stars. James, what did you think of the trailer? And then just talk me through what you think of the the big name appearances we saw there. Uh, trailer looked good. I think it doesn't give up too much about what the story is going to be, which I'm okay with. I don't quite know what the ep- each episode's going to be, which is good. I kind of like the whole concept that Black Mirror keeps coming up with for each episode, so I'm excited for this. And it looks stylish. It looks well made. It looks very expensively made, which sometimes is good, sometimes is bad. Um, getting all these like huge actors in isn't too unusual for Black Mirror these well, days. Yeah, not it's had yeah. some big names in the past. True. But, you know, I kind of have liked when they have a no-name doing stuff. It's it's always been a bit more interesting for me when it's like an up-and-comer who I don't know and then I don't have to, like, disassociate them from the other people I know, like, from, the, from their past acting. Careers. Yeah, okay. 
I like the trailer a lot. They've actually just started releasing individual trailers for, I believe it's only three episodes, by the way. Yeah, three episodes. Um, and every single one, particularly the the Anthony Mackie one, is star-studded. Um, yeah. But you're right, you know, John Hamm has previously been in Black Mirror. Uh, the last season had a few big names as well. I think it's because the actors know the brand and yeah. just say, oh, I want a piece of that. I want to get involved with that. Yeah, and the big Netflix money. Well, of course, that too. But, I mean, John Hamm was in it a long time before, before. Big Netflix money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just, I'm hoping, and because Black Mirror has usually had a pretty good track record, Charlie Brooker is a solid writer. Aye. As much as with most TV shows, if not every TV show, the early stuff is better. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did, I did enjoy parts of season four. There were some episodes I thought, this is knockout, and then other ones I thought, this is very, very average. I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed them all, but some of them were like a six or a seven at best. Exactly. You're coming into this show expecting to be mind-blown. Yeah. So hopefully these three will be super mind-blowing, and that's like what we want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's only so much you can do if like technology has gone too far, right? Because all the stories are just going to be like, they're always, the world is too connected because of phones, or don't put technology in your brains, kids, or <laughs> drones, they're scary. Right. I, there's not many more stories than that. They all no, boil I, down to very basic stories at this point. Okay, fair enough. I, I'll disagree with that a little in that I believe Charlie Brooker and the team he has have continued to come up with fresh-ish ideas. The episode that sticks in my mind is one of my favorites, is the one they did with Daniel Kaluuya a few years ago, maybe season two, yeah, before he one. was even remotely on the radar of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That episode and the, I want to call it the White Bear episode with John Hamm White are... Mm, no, White, was White Bear a different one? Oh, I, I remember. The one with John Hamm. Yeah, that was the Christmas one. Yes. Like some of, some of the best British television of the decade. In my, in my mind. Yeah. I'd, I'd say their, their old episodes were far more creative than their more recent ones. Okay. Well, I like the trailer. It's out on June the 5th. I'm sure we'll have a review of that in the next yeah. couple of weeks or so. It's out real soon. I'm excited. I didn't even know it was coming because I'm blind to the internet these okay. days. Before we get on to uh, reviews of what we've been watching this week, three quick fire trailers. Let's start with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's Quentin Tarantino's new film. It's his ninth film. It's just debuted at Cannes to what seems to be a pretty rip-roaring reception. Yeah. Uh, let's just have one more listen to this. I'm Rick Dalton. It's my pleasure, Mr. Schwartz. Call me Marvin. Put it there. That's your son? No, it's my stunt double, Cliff Booth. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. <laughs> All the shooting. <laughs> I love that stuff, you know, the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? Fried, <laughs> you Nazi bastards! <laughs> James, there's been some criticism of tarantino right off this film that despite all the praise uh-huh. because reportedly margot robbie who's obviously the lead actress Aye. has a handful of lines right and everybody bar one person in the cast is white is this just more full outrage or do they have a point that maybe tarantino is a wee bit of a you know is he whitewashing the cast or does he just prefer men or was he like limited by the setting and the story like i don't know it's it's 60s hollywood yeah i don't know what the 60s hollywood was like uh i reckon his main cast he was picking based off like real life human beings at the time right yeah to an extent there's yeah some pretty there, yeah there's some pretty clear like this is who this character is kind of meant to be references. Uh-huh. And, and also he's limited by the fact that this is a film that kind of is a celebration of all his past films. <laughs> and all of those past films have a bit of a, a bit of trouble with like being <laughs> like primarily white men doing stuff. True. But you know, not every film can be a hundred percent racially inclusive or a hundred percent gender inclusive. Yeah, and I agree with Tarantino that. Tarantino kind of makes films that are predominantly about male violence also true so it's kind of hard to do those about like generic men being violent tarantino's he's also pleaded with critics to avoid spoiling the end yeah uh, which is interesting so clearly there's some sort of twist the suggestion is that this film which is set in around the time of the manson murders is 
going to be similar to the way that Inglorious Bastards played with the history of Nazi Germany. Aye, so they completely that, changed up how Hitler died. Yeah, exactly. Completely rewrote how the Second World War went. Yeah, and it was, and it's, and it is, in my mind, one of his best films. Yeah. So, so he's like, he's doing a loosely based. Kind yeah. Of so the suggestion is it's going to be more of the same here. Yeah, probably, yeah. You just got to wonder what, and it is exciting not knowing what's going to happen. True. Okay, two more trailers for us. One is a film uh, we've we are well acquainted with, but first of all, oh, Terminator, Terminator Dark Fate. Which, by the way, the internet's embarrassed itself by being disappointed that they've got a female lead in a Terminator film. Oh, really? I literally saw that as as a as a well upvoted comment. What? Like, wait, what? Well, people, like, people were upset. Have you seen it was a the woman. first two films. It's like, yeah, like she is the lead character. It's the basis of it's the basis of the first two stories. Oh man! Right. Anyway, this is the sixth film. If you're still counting at home, in the Terminator franchise, here's a clip from the trailer. Who are you? My name is Sarah Connor. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. care what happens to her because i was her okay and if you're new as james mentioned to the terminator franchise as well the first two films are led by an actress uh, who plays the role of sarah connor yeah and this is sarah connor's return to the franchise james continuation of her story the only two films you need to see to watch this one are the first two absolutely Right. James, what did you think of this trailer? It looked pretty generic. Very looked, generic. Like they've put a lot of money into a mediocre story. Uh, and mediocre uh, special effects, by the looks of things. Yeah, the special effects at some points looked okay, but at some points looked really bad, and I think they actually did a better job in Terminator 2. I would agree, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's, you know, this film, this, this trailer for this film just looked like the trailer for the previous Terminator film from, what, five years ago? Four years ago? Well, yeah, some time ago. One one with Jason Clark, which was really terrible. Yeah, I barely remember it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, James, this, this goes back to the question of do we even need a sixth Terminator film? I don't think... I, am, I think my opinion on this is changing even more over time. I've always said just make the films that make the money so you can make the films that, make, that are good. Right. Now, if Arnold wants to make a film where he like does cool stuff and he's really old so he's got to be really old and do cool stuff just go for it man he seems like he's turned his life into something like wholesome lately so he's earned making another film and i'm okay with it okay i'll disagree with that and say the story terminator 1 2 excellent movies anything since then terrible yeah why can't we just leave this be if we didn't make Tokyo Drift, we wouldn't have the glorious later entries in the Fast and Furious franchise. That is a very valid point. So maybe this like set of three or four Terminator films is just like Tokyo Drift. <laughs> and in like 20 years time, we'll have Terminator 10 and it'll be a masterpiece. Okay, okay, fair enough. And James... Arnold will be like in his 90s <laughs> in a wheelchair, like slowly <laughs> wheeling around, blowing things up with cool glasses on. But no, like he posted it. He posted the trailer to Reddit himself on his own account, and he had a wee oh, really? impromptu AMA in the in the comments afterwards. And he, yeah, it seems he seems pretty cool about it all. And and it's, and the trailer wasn't super spoiler spoilery. It wasn't. Credit to them for that. Right. I'm gonna throw a wee spanner in the works here. I'm just you know casually checking Twitter as I do, and yeah. I'm seeing here in the last hour the director of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, no. says the movie is delayed, will not be released until Valentine's Day next year because the team's dealing with the redesign of the main character. Right, yeah. So the redesign wasn't super flexible. Yeah. So th- the suggestion was that essentially they'd have like a find and replace like you do in Microsoft Word. Yeah, yeah. If the, ma- if the character's got a similar gen- general shape, yeah. you can just do a find and replace. But clearly this is going to take a lot of work. Yeah, they've had to change the actual character model, so they've had to make him taller or some of his proportions different, and therefore they have to redo all the animation. I'm just, I'm just still look, I'm still like perplexed. I'm mesmerized by his face. I'm looking at his face right now. The, like, who, why did no one during the actual animation phase of this film say, "Hey, this thing does not look anything like Sonic. It just looks like a creepy blue raccoon." This this Sonic is basically like when Scotland's tourism board came up with a new slogan, <laughs> and they pay like 
a, a chunk of money to come up with Welcome to Scotland. Oh, yeah, and I remember that. replaced all the signs with that, and it was like an, an embarrassment worldwide. And they, they didn't come up with anything interesting because it was a whole bunch of people trying to come together to do a thing. And everyone's opinions and get... All the, all the good opinions get vetoed by one guy. So, like, Sonic, people might have had good ideas about the design, but, like, someone else was saying, no, we need this different. And then someone else had, like their favorite eyes that they wanted and they thought that some that kids would appreciate him more if he had more human human eyes and eventually just come to like this generic blob instead of anything interesting (laughs) just never do anything by committee don't just don't have committees for anything just designate one relatively smart individual to do a job and just let them do it okay final trailer before we talk what we've been watching this week it is of course the last trailer for toy story 4 Ah, here we go. I know, this is a little strange, but we all have to make sure nothing happens to Forky. Woody! Uh, something happened to him. Buzz, we gotta get Forky! Roger that. The panic is attacking me! Change of plans. Jesse, Ham, Buzz, Bo, Rex, Potato Head. Hey, watch it, buddy. Let's go save a spork. James. Toy Story, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Toy Story, forever going to be the worst film in the franchise. I, I mean, I'll hold my hands up and say, I really, I almost don't want this film to be good because I just thought the third film and the end of the Toy Story story was ideal. Yeah. But now they've got to be like, they've got to chuck in a generic token character and be like, we've got to save this one too. Yeah, so now they've got to save a spark. And we forgot about Bo Peep, so let's put her in this film. I don't, I just... Uh, the animation looks good. I mean, yeah, the animation looks great, but I'm just sad that this film is being made to make money simply from this franchise, which was fine as a trilogy. Hey, thanks to Disney. Disney are at fault here. <sighs> right. Disney break all good things eventually. Talk me through the trailer itself. Did you like it? No, it was just Neither did a, I. A, a series of action pieces and Marvel comedy. And like Star Wars level Marvel comedy. There's a, there's a real hybrid of, of comedy going on there. Well, it's because Marvel comedy is like his new thing in film. Where like you've got semi-serious moments, but like some quips. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And yep. DC have tried their hand at Marvel comedy and failed. Star Wars tried their hand at Mar- Marvel comedy and failed. Yep. And now Toy Story are trying their hard hand at uh, Marvel comedy. And it looks like they're failing real hard. Yeah, the, the the clips in this trailer certainly didn't fill me with confidence, put it that way. But neither did the trailer for 3 make me feel any good about it. I didn't think 3 was going to be good, and then I watched it and it was incredible. So who knows? Maybe they've pulled it out. Okay, fair enough. done a good job. If, course, if, of course, you want to get in touch and disagree with anything we've been saying, uh, James, how do people get in touch before we talk about what we've been watching? Email us. That's our favourite one, because then... We get to read it because it's long form. <laughs> Seesawparade at gmail.com. You can also tweet us short form or yep. tweet us long form, but you have to like separate it out in separate tweets. And that's just a hassle at Seesaw Parade. Uh, there's also a Snapchat at Seesaw Parade. There you is... can also talk to us in real life if you happen to see us at any point. <laughs> okay. And you don't even have to talk about the show. Imagine. We can just be friends in real life. Absolutely. That would be nice. Please. I want friends. And if you uh, if you want to send in a review of something you've been watching, whether that be a TV series, film, a book, play, a letter, you yeah, wrote... if you tried out some good recipes recently and they worked real well <laughs> and they were easy to make for someone of low cooking ability, please give us a review of that. Absolutely. Too. Okay, James. Before we talk about Game of Thrones at the very end, uh, let's talk about John Wick Three. Now, you and I went to see that yesterday. Yes. Give me your thoughts first of all. I loved it every second. I just you've got such low expectations for the John Wick films. What you what you go in there expecting is a guy to beat up a bunch of people and probably kill them all, <laughs> <laughs> and it delivers and it does it stylishly with like good choreography where you don't have the bad guys standing about waiting their turn to fight. That's that's true. And it is brutal. It is brutal. And they actually have people reloading their guns, which I appreciate. Well, they sometimes don't do that because it's the third film, so they're getting lazy. And they got a huge cast, and all the cast delivered except one person, Jerome Flynn. Jerome did a Flynn. Job. Oh, what a man. bad job he did. But it was great, and the story's evolving. We got more of John Wick's personal story, which is wonderful. He's got motivations that are getting expanded on. Yeah. It's, just, it's just so genuine now. I wasn't expecting to, to feel like any form of genuine feeling 
but I did, even for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just like I sympathize. I agree almost entirely with everything you said. I love the film. Uh, some of the moments, and I will not spoil them, are so savage and so brutal that there are actually people, including myself, wincing in the audience. Yeah. Yeah, they're as bad as the Brightburn trailer. Oh man, some of them, are, some of the kills in particular, are just like you're laughing yeah. because it's just so so they, grim. Yeah, those particular uh, like choreographed scenes and particular kills made me think that the some of the guys who worked in the raid were working on this. Yeah, film, absolutely. There was some crossover between the ingenuity, like the brutality, the cast. Almost to a man, excluding Jerome Flynn, aka Braun from Game of Thrones, who is doing some sort of like foreign accent or rather an attempt at a foreign accent. Or English. But it's, foreign English. Yeah, but instead his his normal accent comes through in half of the stuff he's saying, and then the rest of the his accent is just awful anyway. He's all over the place. Yes, but the rest of the cast are fantastic, look like they're having a great time. Yeah, and like Halle Berry, he, she can use guns, man. She's great, absolutely. She, looked, she, was, she, was, she was selling that. I was sold. She was real. And it's just more of what the first and second film of this franchise have done so well, yeah. which is mix story, character insane levels of violence and with touches of comedy all into a yeah a yeah yeah, yeah. the comedy was actually good yeah it, it was it's had more laughs than some comedy films i've seen this year yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I, you can tell it was made by a bunch of people who love the the universe it's it's building yeah i think it's fantastic which makes me excited for the fact that they're adding a tv series and a fourth film yeah. to the to the to the run john wick 4 has been confirmed uh, basically because the three previous films have made more and more money and have been better and better received. Yeah, but the titles have also gotten longer and longer. So what are they going to do to make the fourth title have a fourth part to it? I don't know, actually. The first one was just John Wick. That's one part. The second one, John Wick Chapter 2, a two-part title. Yep. Third one, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, three-part title. What can you add at this point? You could have like a semicolon or like another colon after... <laughs> Parabellum, the... part two. Or Yeah, or maybe, or maybe like another Latin word or just like a Latin phrase. Yeah, <laughs> like John Wick Four, Mia Culpa. Yeah, but that's you need. A, you still need another thing. Mia Culpa has oh, right. been followed by like colon something else. Okay, so like John Wick Four, Mia Culpa, colon, saws. <laughs> that was dire. <laughs> okay, let's leave that. Let's leave that there. James, what yeah, else have you watching Wick, we'll before it. we get to Game of Thrones? I remembered one of the things that I forgot that I watched last time, and it was Castlevania, the animated series on Netflix. Hey. And it, much like John Wick, you just go into this expecting like light entertainment, some mild comedy, a lot of violence, and a wee bit of story. And it over-delivered again. Oh, great. So it had like some emotion in it, which I wasn't expecting. The bad guy became even more sympathetic, which I wasn't expecting. Like They expanded on the universe in ways I wasn't expecting. Sadly, I believe it's the end of the series, and there isn't going to be any more. <laughs> but I really liked it in comparison to what i was expecting it was it was it over it over delivered overachieved and i'm so happy to have seen it great okay i've uh, only been watching another episode of the punisher the series which will never end and uh yeah i'm no closer to finishing it i don't really care about the cast or the characters or the story and uh yeah it's just not doing it for me which is sad <laughs> and i might actually just end up abandoning the entire thing but who knows we'll, we'll see <gasps> imagine okay shall we this is, this is your warning, dear listener. If you are still watching Game of Thrones, if you're yet to get to the finale, this is your point to turn off. Thank you for listening. You've Thank you for listening. You're awesome. Come back if you ever do finish that, that, that finale. Come back, listen to this exact moment. Yes, please do. And, and then, then you continue can listening. disagree with us. Right. <laughs> I hope someone can. <laughs> Somebody will, I'm sure. I already know some people who disagree with my opinion on this. Right, James. Just yeah. sum up for me, if you will, the final episode of... Game of Thrones. Disappointing. Yeah. To rip to rip off someone else's words, literally primary cast members' words. Disappointing. Do you know what it was? It was just a disappointing end to what has been their worst season, undoubt <laughs> undoubtedly. It somehow was a bad end to a bad season. What I really don't like, and we've we've touched on this before, is the fact that the storytelling, the character development has been so lacking this season if you told me at the start of the start of game of thrones 
that Danny will eventually become the Mad Queen, I'd be I'd be like, okay, cool, fine. That I believe that. Yeah, like they better put the groundwork in. And they just didn't. They absolutely didn't. And the fact that she is a Mad Queen for less than the total of one episode. Yeah. Is, oh, it's just infuriating. Like, we don't even have to care about the overarching story though. Right, let's just try and consume this at its very details. Danny gives a speech to a roaring crowd of men on horses yep. who are about a mile away from her. And they apparently can hear her. She does not have a microphone or amplification system. Yeah. Grey Worm is like killing a bunch of Lannisters in the street. Yep. And John walks by him. They have a bit of a tiff. And then he goes, John goes off to find Danny. And then Grey Worm's magically there too. He's There's two Grey Worms now. Arya has the dumbest line in Game of Thrones history where she identifies Danny as a killer you know because only Arya is smart enough to realize that at this point can I ask can I ask about the shot of Danny walking towards the steps as the dragon and the, the most cliche shot it looks like a teen movie <sighs> I hated that it looks like a teen movie written by teens I actually rolled my eyes at that yeah me too like it's just bad like there's such low effort and they can't even like keep their own like if they ignored all the other seasons i'd maybe forgive them and be like well at least this season self-contained was a story but last episode we see this cascade of building falling down on top of jamie and cersei as they get squished to death yep after an underwhelming story and then the start of this episode Tyrion walks up to them and they're under five bricks <laughs> With a bunch of empty floor space around them. If they stood two meters to the north, they would have been fine, right? <laughs> just, they could just looked for the weak point in the ceiling and gone, oh, the only weak point is directly above us. Let's let's go that way. Let's, a wee let's bit. move. Yeah, let's let's absolutely get out of here. And like Varys sends out a bunch of letters last episode and we don't know what they did. They were just like another like little snuff of a story that had no impact. Drogon can I ask about Drogon melting the Iron Throne after he finds his his mother Drogon, dead? <laughs> it's cause he sees he sees like a stabby thing in his mum and he's like, That chair must have done it. It's it's all stabby <laughs> things. What was more likely to stab her? Fleshy thing or stabby thing? Clearly, it must melt the chair. Clearly, he has a great understanding of metaphors and symbolism. Yeah, like power corrupts. I will destroy the thing that gives power to people. Okay. And then immediately it didn't, and it gave power to Bran anyway. And uh, yeah, and let's talk about the ending as well. The fact that, uh, you know, we just suddenly do a time jump to, what, two months later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jon Snow gives Danny the old stab stab. Yep. And then, because they can't think of a way to write him out of the room... <laughs> without getting killed by the raging Unsullied and raging Dothraki. We just do a time jump to when the Dothraki and Unsullied are suddenly peaceful again for no reason, settling into King's Landing like the peaceful people they are. And John's grown like two-day beard. Tyrion's grown a three-day beard. And Tyrion talks himself out of a trial by becoming the Hand of the King. Bran, be I, I don't know. The whole thing was dumb. They bring Edmure back to give him like some... Some comedy poke lines. Fun at him again because they just can't stop poking fun at this character, even though the actor is good, even though the character is good. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of things, like looking back to past seasons, where I was excited to see what things meant. Yeah. The the White Walkers making spirals. Why Arya's had to learn how to change her face, which she hasn't done once this whole season. Nope. Why Jon Snow was brought back to life. You know, how is Jon Snow's heritage going to impact the show? anything at all you know anything from past seasons that had any mystery has just been ignored for this season and also all the things in this season that had any mystery have been ignored in this season because i know we, we could potentially rant about this for a long time but let's just go back to the actual killing john snow kills danny gray worm who an hour earlier is about to kill john himself what yeah, finds yeah, his yeah. queen and just, just says you know what i'm just gonna put you in jail and the rest <laughs> of my dothraki pals are gonna be totally okay with that and we're gonna leave you there i'm gonna wait for these other nobles who i've never met to descend on the place and then we'll decide what to do with you yeah they get to decide and then when they decide when the prisoner Tyrion decides or suggests actually no bran's gonna be king again everyone's just okay with that goodness sake yeah grey worm's got no reason to listen to them but he did yeah, exactly. yara can we talk about yara who who in the last season or season six was promised independence if she joined danny's side doesn't even bother mentioning that she wanted independence <laughs> she's already independent and now she's just swearing fealty to some random kid from the north nobody's putting up a fuss about the starks being in power of literally everywhere starks getting everywhere they want yep prince of dorne just has no backbone whatsoever there's a new character doesn't have a name either like, from the only realm who's never been defeated in combat it's like yeah sure we'll take a new king yeah and then the small council 
which for some reason Braun is on, yep. even though he didn't understand what loans were two seasons ago. And also he was due to kill both the Lannister brothers, what, a week earlier? Yeah, like Tyrion had no reason to give Braun his wishes at that point. But anyway, he gave Braun what he wanted, made him, gave him all of Highgarden, yep. which like no lords apparently debated. <laughs> the, like the small council just makes jokes about whorehouses for a while. Yep. Instead of like doing anything of any significance, Bran walks in and is like, have you guys found the dragon? And then... Oh no, yeah, I'll go find the dragon. Uh, uh, it hurt my head yeah. how poor everything was. And like, Sam brings a book. Sam, who hasn't even graduated from like master school in Masterton, Old Town or whatever. He hasn't even graduated. He's been there for like five months. All of a sudden, he's been elected Grand Maester, which isn't a thing that the king does. That's the thing that all the other maesters do. Yeah. And now he's, he's been, he's somehow been like, he brings a book which has been written about the whole war. And Tyrion is not mentioned in it. Tyrion's the only reason the war happened. That was the cheapest joke the show's made yet. I did, yeah, I didn't understand that, why he wasn't in it. There's no way anyone could write a book about these wars and not have Tyrion in it. And maybe that's Sam making a joke about how incompetent the maesters are, but no. Nobody's that incompetent. The war started because of Tyrion. Yeah. And the war continued because of Tyrion. And he, Tyrion switched sides. Like, there's just a bunch of dumb jokes, dumb payoff, completely ignoring any past story, all for like cheap cinematics and like some fan service. John goes north and becomes king, king beyond the wall again. So we're all happy. He pet, he petted ghost this episode. Why couldn't he pet ghost two episodes ago? I don't know. I also that also annoyed me. Yeah, everyone's like, oh yeah, ghost got the pets finally. I'm like, no. This doesn't make it okay that they ignored him two episodes ago. Right. This makes it worse that they ignored him two episodes ago. Look how easy it was. I'm wary that we are rambling on, but James, is that how do you feel now that the show has ended? That's like 1% of my thoughts. <laughs> like, I'm so annoyed because unlike other seasons I've watched where the final season was pretty bad, but I could still enjoy past seasons, this has actually destroyed enjoyment of past seasons because all the mystery and plot is meaningless Because you know where it's going. Yeah, you're right. Which is a real but, shame. But where it's going is nothing. If I could go and watch the build-up again, I'd be like, well, how did Bran work his way there? And then, or how did this guy do this and that? And like watch it again knowing what was happening and it was going to be interesting, it'd be fine. But all the plot went to nowhere, which is the problem, because now there is no mystery to follow. There's no drama to follow. There's no suspense, because all of it went literally nowhere in the end. Well, you have summed that up better than I ever could. James, is there anything else uh, on, on your mind that needs to be said before Just we wrap like, up? Fire D&D from all future projects yep. now, before Shocking. they break more things. All right, James, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, as always. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next Colin, time. Colin, thank you. I want one final word from you on this show. Just just your summary of your opinion of the entire show <laughs> oh, at this thanks. point. Um, let's, I'll break it down very simply. Seasons one to five, I Ooh. enjoy immensely. Season six is okay. Season seven, disappointing. Season eight, the worst of the lot. And the last episode just, it was, it was to the extent that I didn't even enjoy it. It just annoyed me. It irritated me. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's, it tarnishes the rest of it. That being said, I would maybe at some time, some point in the future, go back and watch the early stuff because I do the think early seasons, the okay, early yeah. seasons are among the best TV in the last decade. I'll probably watch seasons one to four if book, the new book gets released. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch that as part of my build up to enjoy the new book. I don't know. Season five... Nah, it okay. had the whole Doran plot in it, so it gets it gets put into the mediocre pile. Right, time is gone, James. I will see you next week. I miss dialogue-heavy Game of Thrones so much. <laughs> it hasn't quite died. There was that one scene in this one. John and Tyrion talked for like 10 minutes, and I felt at home for a while. <sighs> Goodbye, James. Goodbye, Game of Thrones. Goodbye, fans. Goodbye, people who listen that aren't fans. Goodbye, people who listen just because they hate us a lot.